Oh man, I'm about to I'm about to download this. I'm gonna say that I am working with law enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you getting some good list? Wait, you getting Google SketchUp? Yeah. You gonna sketch some uh, police badges for yourself? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that's what I'm sure that's what everyone is doing. Just doing badges. <laughs> man, sweet badge. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. You're doing SketchUp. <laughs> oh, I gotta get with SketchUp. My computer's too old. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a that's a it's a conflict in some uh in some cop drama where they have to pull the ex cop out of uh out of retirement, it's like he hasn't learned SketchUp yet. <laughs> How's he gonna make a badge? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like grizzled old Nick Nolte. He's like, I don't need to learn SketchUp. <laughs> what happened to using the city's badge? <laughs> this clearly was written by people who didn't research anything about being police. <laughs> and it's really boring. <laughs> Um, yeah. So that's pretty good for a podcast. <laughs> we just say that was the podcast? Wait, wait, is it, wait, what if this was the podcast? <laughs> I don't know what happened to Michael Sarah because I feel like he had a lot of genius left to give us, but he just got too genius and f- flew away. I uh, I assigned one of my students to read um, uh, a play called "This Is Our Youth," um, which recently had a Broadway production that starred Michael Sarah, which I saw. And which is super duper good. Sounds familiar. You told me about that. Um, I I think, uh, yeah, I think I might have mentioned it. And uh, but and so I'd already seen it. And uh, but I was since I assigned it to my student, I was rereading it just now on the train coming home. And I was imagining Mm. all the lines by that character being said by Michael Sarah. I was like, man, Michael Sarah is so great. (laughs) I wish that I'd seen more of his greatness lately. I have that. uh, Crystal Fairy or whatever on my Netflix queue, and I haven't oh, gotten around to it. I don't even know what that is. It's some weird little indie film he did a few years back, where he's a huge fucking asshole. Apparently, I, I apparently he it, that's it, that's like what he wants his thing to be. I think, and mm. and it it it's a I think it's a mythos that he's creating, or it's really. Or it's it's actual. I'm not sure because there was there was this is the end where he plays himself and he's mm-hmm. like a giant asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was he wrote this piece for the New Yorker shouts and murmurs like the New Yorker like humor column. Um, that was actually pretty funny. It was actually it was, it was it was it was really good. But he's represented as like a very terrible person and, and it's him. Um, so I don't I don't know. I think it's like. His thing, and maybe he is an I, I don't know. I think he. Well, and there was the other thing where, uh, <clears throat> where when you know years before they finally did the Arrested Development uh, Netflix season, they'd been talking about like, oh, we're gonna do a fourth season forever, and they started saying 
Mitch Hurwitz started saying, everyone's on board. There's just a couple people we need to convince. And then eventually it got to where he was saying, everyone's on board, um, but only Michael is not sure. And um, and everyone got super fucking pissed at Michael Sarah. Like, yeah. you're the one holding this up, you asshole? And then eventually Mitch Hurwitz was like, no, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, Michael Sarah's totally on board. Like, everyone's on board. Like, everyone adores this show and they adore each other. We just thought it would be really funny if that was the running joke for a while like while we figured out how to make it happen we mm. would just always blame Michael Sarah, and that was like he was on board with it but then he like got fucking death threats and shit we had to like say never oh mind never God. mind oh no <laughs> um and which you know says a lot about how insane you know fandom is and pop yeah. culture is yeah. but but also I think it just is another thing on the pile of what you're saying which is like Michael Sarah's like yeah I'm game to be the the standoffish guy. Right, right, exactly. Because I think, I think maybe, I think maybe, maybe there was something where he was at one point perceived as like a really nice, meek guy and then right. tried to get out of that and actually was kind of a dick or something. And then that, that maybe, I have to imagine it came from some truth. Like, like I can imagine yeah. it. Like, I can, it, like just from seeing uh, how much he overplays, like a caricature of like a coked up asshole in This Is mm-hmm. the End. I can kind of imagine how, the, like, at one point in Hollywood, maybe that was like some aspect of his personality that was known to people. But I don't know. Oh, interesting. Huh? Like, maybe. I don't know. That's a really good question. I. I yeah, I can't imagine. Like, how would you make that transition? Like, how would you be self-aware enough to pull back from that and then be like, well, let's make it a joke? I don't know. I'm not sure. I just can't imagine, like, doing that. I guess uh, maybe the, like, next-level performers can do it. Well, there was that – I mean, this is an extreme example because he's an extreme man. But um, there was – when Chris Farley came back to host Saturday Night Live, the whole – joke of it was that he like barely remembered when he was on saturday night live uh, like huh. and he and uh uh like they did that they did this whole thing where he like he was like totally like not ready to do it and he got pulled into lauren like lauren michaels was on it and he was like do you even remember this episode and he was like no not really and it was like I guess he was, like, making a joke of, like, how fucked up he was during making Saturday Night Live. Oh, interesting. But, huh. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's... But that's, that's, that's obviously a little bit oh, more over the top than Michael Sarah because, like, he's, uh, um, he's... Chris Farley's larger than life in a lot of ways, but... If yeah, Chris Farley were still with us, they would totally do a buddy movie between him and Michael Sarah. Oh, they totally would. Oh, my gosh. Michael Sarah is... Uh, the new David Spade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, right. But we're we're past the point where being like, uh, where, what was fucking David Spade's stick? I feel like he would always just make like really catty comments. Be like a dick. Yeah, that was that was his thing. Is but but not not like, not like everyone pay attention to me. Just like really like standoffish. I guess. Yeah, I, I'm not over sure. it. Yeah, over it. Well, exactly. But like also like with the super like in the know Hollywood thing where he'd be like he would like his insults to people I feel like would be really um like 
thanks thanks for joining the conversation, Madonna. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. If if Madonna had recently been in the news for not knowing what she was talking about, that's a terrible example. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great example because Madonna did stand up a while ago. What? <laughs> yeah, do you hear about this? Madonna tried her hand at stand-up comedy. Is that actually real? Was apparently pretty funny. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that That's crazy? crazy. <laughs> I, I just assume you're still lying. <laughs> I can never trust you. No, I, I I did not actually you know, it's one of those things that I heard and I was like, That's crazy and I didn't follow up, but I I yeah, I heard that you it was did a legit hear that thing. it was a thing. That's insane. Because at first I thought like, oh, like she was like trying to have funny banter at like a music show she was playing as one of the greatest pop stars of the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. But no, she actually did like a real stand-up sh- like Set or whatever. Super weird. <laughs> that is super weird. Yeah. Uh, did you see the trailer for uh, uh, Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig's um, Hallmark Channel original movie? No. <laughs> Where the two of them, it's like played totally straight. And it's the two of them are a couple that can't get pregnant. And so they like befriend this woman who, who will give them her baby. And it's a, it's just like a Hallmark original, Hallmark Channel original movie. But it's you know Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig like overacting to like times a million. This sounds like a crazy, bizarro world. <laughs> I, <know. This> sounds, <laughs> I can't, I can't watch this. I'll have to murder myself afterward. <laughs> not because, not because of it, but because it feels like a. I don't know. It feels like something that I would really <laughs> hope would happen when I was 23 years old and yeah, yeah, super yeah. stoned. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Like when you, like when you announced that a friend of ours was annoying and that you hoped she got raped by a dozen cat penises. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I actually think of that a lot and how terrible I feel about that. Like, it, was, it was definitely just like for shock value. You didn't really think anything bad about this person at all. Oh yeah. But it was the no, fact that you not. were topping your own creativity at the speed of imagination and <laughs> you were like in tears laughing about it. And I was like, I think she can hear us. Yeah, and it's just like sleeping in the next room. <laughs> I told I totally think we were like at her house, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Worst guests ever. <laughs> yeah, no, terrible. Yeah, yeah, I do think of that occasionally. You had yeah, no, totally. You had to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, because I think of it as a great example of like like because I didn't respond the way that I think would have been more fun, which is like get in on the fun and laugh because it was such an absurd idea. I like it crystallized as a memory better than probably mm-hmm. a thousand other times that you and I had weird, like up upped each other on weird ideas, and those fucking ridiculous things are gone forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> but definitely. it felt very familiar as far as like. You know, like at one point we in like late high school or like right after high school decided that 
don't know what it was, but it was this image of two giant dildos holding hands and flying away into space, singing "Tis a Gift to Be Simple." <laughs> yeah, I remember that, <laughs> and and just being like, "This is like the most wonderful thing we've ever thought of, or said, or that I've ever heard about." And it only makes sense as the buildup. Like, out of nowhere, it makes no sense and is kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. But, like, being a part of the creation of it and then, like, realizing that, like, the masterpiece is done and you cannot add another stroke, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, totally. Those are the mental states you're in when you'd be like, what if two Saturday Night Live stars made a serious movie? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or when we imagine so there's another like really stony idea that we came up with and we were correct was when we imagined what the if the director's cut of um of uh sideways came out and it was just the movie sideways but uh but all of the lines were replaced with a heavy static sound and the characters would open their mouth and a circle of static would appear over their mouth every time they spoke. It's really <laughs> And that was the director's cut of Sideways. It's genius. <laughs> wow. We were so creative. <laughs> <laughs> I have often told people that I've met in later life about our idea, and I think uh, I think this was an idea you, me, and a friend of the show, David Cornwell, helped create, uh, which was, <clears throat> I don't know, again, what it was supposed to be, like what the frame, the setup is, but it was, what if Friends were... <laughs> was where all the actors were tied up like giant marionettes and their mouths were all sewn shut. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they were like danced about the set. <laughs> and you had like voiceover doing what their lines are supposed to be. But the whole time the actor was <laughs> screaming through their sewn shut mouth and crying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally remember. I think that was a... <laughs> It's definitely the the predecessor to the uh, to the director's cut of Sideways. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And like I've explained that idea because I was like, eventually, I'm sure the actors would want to retire, but NBC would never let them. <laughs> that, that would be the like result. <clears throat> and usually, you tell it to people who loved Friends, <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh God, no, that's horrifying." <laughs> like, I guess. <laughs> I can't even imagine a setup for that. <laughs> like, I know, right? Right. Yeah, at least the thing, the sideways thing, the setup is that it's the director's cut, which is in some ways the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> the mo the moral is we're very funny. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're super funny. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I don't think. The friends thing, I, 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 I don't even think, I don't even think we smoked drugs at that point. I think yeah, it was I just, think you're right. It was just some clean fun we were having with the imagination. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bring out the old imagination for a spin. Does <laughs> that friend off? See what he's been doing. <laughs> oh man, you ever went to the sweet room? 
called the imagination. <laughs> I found this sweet room in my house, guys. It's called the imagination. <laughs> it's called quality time with me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's like a great, like, calming Mr. Rogers bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you keep waiting for that guy to turn it into a Christian thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it never does. It's just that tone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about a good book called Feeling Good About Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, God, here it comes. <laughs> no, no, still no. not. <laughs> yeah. Still good. Still good. <laughs> There's a guy who had a lot of crazy ideas about the way the world should work, and he was called Enjoying Life. <laughs> 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 All right, let's let's, let's 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 start it up. All right. One Hello those, and welcome to what? Be, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> God damn it, Jake! Sorry. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Let's, let's say, say It at the, at the Same, same Time. time. <laughs> <laughs> my my name's Max. And my name's Jake. And welcome, listeners, uh, to this uh, podcast. Uh, this is the first week that we've had the title, uh, Let's Say, Say It At, at the, the Same, same Time. time. <laughs> we, we have to do a really, you know, we're, we're, we're working up to it. We're, you know, we're getting better every time, I think. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, but uh, this is the first week we've had that title, but I think moving forward, this will be the title because we're already pretty good at it. You know, saying it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we're, we're in sync. Is that what we are? <laughs> bye, bye, bye. <laughs> um, uh, apparently, I accidentally said the name of a Justin Bieber song during sex. <laughs> it might have been recent? called Oh Baby God or something like that. It's one of those, you know, like... Like yeah, he, did, didn't he write that song? Wait. Uh, oh shit, you're giving a great BJ. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of he, those. He, he wrote, uh, um, "Can I pull your hair?" <laughs> he wrote, um, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." He he, he definitely he definitely wrote a few of those. But um, right, right, uh, right. was this recent? And were you called out on it? <laughs> I it was recent, and I was not told until later, which in a way was almost worse. Yes, because it was like. By the way, I had to stop myself from laughing when you accidentally quote, quoted. It wasn't the title of a song; it was lyrics from a song. No, well, are those all like? Was it something very generic? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this wasn't something that had seeped into your consciousness, like a like no. cultural osmosis. Right. Absolutely not. No. Oh, I've, okay. I. Uh, and I tried, like, I was like, you know, tried to make a joke about it and was like rapidly searching my memory for what I knew about Justin Bieber lyrics. And I realized I don't know any. I know well, that he had a song called Boyfriend because I thought it was really funny when people were saying, and Justin Bieber's boyfriend is really <laughs> moving up the charts. That is pretty funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, who's to I'm, say he's not stealing it from you then? Definitely was. He used to say he's not stealing it straight out, straight out of your mouth. <laughs> yep, he's he's like a little uh, sex pixie. <laughs> runs yeah. into the room and steals phrases from people's mouths and runs off and releases them. Uh, I've always said it. 
Bieber's <laughs> Bet Biebs. Little, mm-hmm. little sex pixie. <laughs> Man. The Sex Pixies was a uh, wonder group from the late 80s, early 90s, that never quite made it big. So, uh, yeah, sweet, sweet ass transition here right now is <laughs> because uh, I because, you know, we're still in the intro. I want to get this over with before we forget, because we totally did forget. But uh, but uh, if you want to listen to more of our episodes, listeners, and I can't see why you would not after how coherent this has been, uh, go to. Uh, Rock'em Sock'em's Razor at blogspot.com and you'll get more. Um, And or email us and let us know what you think uh, about our new title. (coughs) Let's say at the same time. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, Email us at uh, rock'emock'em at gmail.com. Please do. Uh, Also, we have a Tumblr up. Yeah. Uh, Rockamockum dot tumblr dot com. Is that yeah, right? Hell yeah, I believe so. I was just looking at it today, and it made me chuckle several times. Yeah, I'm posting uh, <laughs> posting uh, uh, visual recaps to delight the eyes while you're having your ears delighted already. Mm-hmm. It's pretty intense. It's kind of overwhelming. I mean, <laughs> I I I had never I had never heard of a medium where you could watch something and hear something at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it was something I thought was pretty groundbreaking. Um, I agree. And, uh, you know, completely. it's, it's, it's kind of – it's sort of, yeah, how I imagine people might have felt when they heard there was a, a place that they could go to and sit in front of a screen and a train comes right at them. And I, that w- I would jump right out of the screen. I would oh, shoot the it, screen. Yeah. No, I, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I would have definitely – I would have – Fired several bullet holes into that screen, like not you know trying to stop that train. Then I would have just been out of there, though. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I also like to think that there were people at the time who stood on train tracks and saw trains coming toward them and shot at the train. <laughs> <laughs> like people who also didn't know how perspective worked, so they thought it was tiny. <laughs> Speaking of things that you can do where you sit in a room and see uh, images that line up to sounds that you hear, uh, what did you think of the new summer blockbuster hit, uh, Jurassic World? Uh, I don't know what uh, you're talking about because the movie that I saw was called uh, Jurassic World in IMAX 3D. Oh, okay. So you and saw the sequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw the sequel. <laughs> Um, uh, did you see Jurassic World in IMAX 3D? I did, yes. Oh, okay, okay. So we saw the same movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the one where, uh, where Chris Pratt is, uh, for some reason, drinking a Coca-Cola and not a beer. <laughs> right. While was... fixing his motorcycle. <laughs> well, that was kind of odd. <laughs> I, I thought that maybe, I was like, may- okay. It's obviously the Coca-Cola product placement is, right. is very prominent. Uh, my only the only conclusion that I could come to was that they didn't want in any way to say in a family movie that he might be trying to save these kids' lives while tipsy. <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah, like there's this – I saw somebody uh, observe that the movie was like so uh, calculably inoffensive to everyone. 
Like, they just went out of their way to make sure that no one could possibly get offended and that there could be no sure. think pieces about the movie later. Sure, yeah. Um, I, Yeah, I think so. Although, I have to say that for a... Uh, and, you know, we've talked before on this podcast about uh, movies... Uh, action movies being fairly bloodless uh, now compared to the 80s and even into the 90s. Yeah, that's true. And I have to say that for a family action movie made in 2015, it seemed extremely violent. Um, Mm -hmm. At the same time, they definitely went to great lengths to make sure you did not care about anyone who died. (laughs) Uh, Kind of. I feel like there was the one character who... It kept seeming like they were gonna save her, at and then she got eaten. <laughs> and yeah. I was sort of like, okay, well, we signed up. Like it would have been disappointing if, like in a way, it was almost like, well, we better make sure someone you half care about gets eaten. Otherwise, that'll be the complaint about the movie. Is I went to go see a movie where dinosaurs eat people and not enough people got eaten. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. That seemed very calculated too though. I don't know. I I there's I have definitely the uh the old man syndrome where you can't watch something and uh enjoy it. You have to watch something and imagine like what the cost of delivering it was. And <laughs> Right, that's a good way uh, of putting it. And uh the the uh first thing I noticed uh when the credits went up is that there were four screenwriters. And I was like, yeah. well, that's why that movie was that way. But <laughs> that's yeah. why that was like that. I ain't kind of seen that. Now, to be fair, one of the four was the director, so that's something. Yeah, no, that's definitely something. And also, let me say that like, I completely let myself get taken away uh for most of the movie i i i loved it i thought it was uh i i thought it was it was it was great fun and it was great fun uh and and there were there were some things that i uh uh, thought were uh rather rather silly uh but overall I, i i i did really enjoy it i i didn't quite know how to deal with uh the the message, the supposed message of the movie, though, uh, because it seems to uh, it seemed to kind of uh, it seemed to be what it was railing against in a way, and it sure. seemed to be hyper self aware about that. I uh, didn't think that it spent too much time being hyper self aware. I felt like it gave. Just the right amount, like, as far as... To, to me, it seemed like the message was less about that than it was about, I don't know, families finding each other in disaster situations and sort of mm-hmm. choosing to be brave or some shit. You know, more morals. I guess maybe that's the moral of it. Whereas, like, the that sort of undercurrent to me seemed almost like a... Um, you know, a reading you could take from it if you wanted to, because I was sort of aware of it, but I wasn't thinking very hard about it. I wasn't like looking for, oh, now they're doing this with that theme. Oh, now they're saying this with that, you know, theme. I guess I was just sort of like, oh yeah, that's sort of an idea. Because I mean, Cabin in the Woods did it so much harder and better and and more intensely and more smartly. Right. Right. Yeah. That I sort of was like, oh, whatever, it can do its thing. And and also, I heard this complaint about. Um, 
Kick-Ass, where the whole time it was saying, isn't it ridiculous, the huge amount of superhero movies and our culture's obsession with superheroes, and now there are people who are trying to do it themselves, and then by the end, it just was a huge bombastic superhero movie because he's flying around right. in a jetpack with a rocket launcher or whatever. Um, right. <clears throat> and, I, and it's like, I heard people say, like, specifically I heard Slash Filmcast uh, host David Chen, who I think is really smart and says a lot of really great things, but both Jurassic World and Kick-Ass, he was like, it can't have its cake and eat it too, and it wants to. And I don't know that I totally agree with that. I sort of feel like that's why there's multiple acts in a story, is that you can sort of shift gears a little bit. And like... It, I don't think that it breaks. I don't think it has to be thematically consistent to, to to have an effect. Like it still can make the point and then be like, okay, we've made our point about that, and now let's move on to like doing that. Like in a way, it's almost perfect to kind of say, isn't it ridiculous that they do that? And look how ridiculous it is. We're even doing it. Right. There's also. I feel like, in a way, I feel like it's it's like. Laughing in my face, though, in a way. <laughs> like, I bet, like, I feel like uh, uh, Jurassic World is like, oh, look at how, uh, uh, you know, look at how things are so overblown and everything's overhyped and everybody wants more, bigger, better things. And isn't this terrible? And doesn't this ruin the authenticity? And then, you know, I look down at my. Jumbo Coca-Cola and my Reese's pieces that I had bought at the movie theater and realized that I was watching an IMAX 3D movie and then I looked back up and a raptor was like, hey, hey gotcha. <laughs> and <laughs> I guess I can see that. It's sort of like, it's sort of like, uh, it's sort of like, well, people want the big dumb movies to have at least some smarts to it. So in order to keep them spending money mindlessly let's give them some smarts yeah that's interesting i really thought about that like if you want to it's like for the moderately intellectual crowd that is probably really honestly the majority of audiences uh in order to sweeten the deal you add a little bit of uh uh what do you call it just like weight or like something to sink your teeth into sort of thematically right, right. yeah and you also add the the weight of uh, Chris Pratt's sweet muscles. Right, right. That really weighed weighed me down in my chair. I couldn't move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, exactly. His his muscles are like the uh, fiery movement that are the only thing that allow my eyes to follow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I know based off of, we haven't really talked much about Mad Max, and it's actually been a few weeks since it came out, um, so it's totally played to even mention it. Yeah, I <laughs> can't even believe you're doing this right now. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I know. Hey, guys, let's discuss the Lost in Space remake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it was so sweet. <laughs> Starring Joey Tribbiani as Spaceman. <laughs> It was starring Joey Tribbiani. <laughs> was that was that pre or post Joey, the spinoff? Definitely pre Joey. Okay, uh, I I think it was like it was Joey, it was concurrent with Friends. I believe so. Yeah. Wow. So was he the first friend to make it? 
I don't know. I maybe I'm trying to think of all the friends. <laughs> There's so many of them. <laughs> Imagine all of the friends. <laughs> Later seasons, they just kept adding more so they could sell new toys. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. There was the green friend who became the white friend, weirdly. That was weird. But they were all the white friend. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... I know from your Faces book that you really, really liked Mad Max: Fury Road. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a it's kind of a boring opinion to have because I feel like everyone really, really liked Mad Max: Fury Road. And I did like it, but I didn't like it as much as everyone else. I think. And this is get this is me basing this entirely off of the fact that everyone went fucking bonkers about that movie, and um, in my Twitter feed it was nothing but comedians stopping their jokes to say, "Oh my god, what a great movie!" And I guess I don't quite get why it got that response, why people liked it as much as they did. I uh, I loved I or I didn't I didn't love it. I really really liked it, and I had a really great time at it, and. The only criticisms I could imagine coming up with it were very like, you know, my preference is that it might do this more, mm. but it wasn't like the film is flawed in any ways. Like it, it did what it set out to do. And so in that ways, yay, hooray. Like I have no, no real negative things to say about it. Um, unlike Jurassic World where you can say like, what a fucking fun time, but it had these issues. Mm -hmm. um, but with Mad Max, it doesn't have that, but... It did. Is that all it was? Is that why people went so crazy about it and had to tell all their friends about it? Like, I feel like it made all this money based almost entirely off of word of mouth. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, did you see it after after you heard a bunch of hype? Yes, I did. Because that that definitely has something to do with it. I I just really, uh. I just loved how spare and simple it was. And I guess there – I don't know. I, there, there, were, there were a few things that I found to be wrong with it. It's like, what are you looking for there? Redemption. Like those kinds of lines. It's like, it's like I don't know. Like, like if you're going to – like I don't know. It would have been better to say something – even say something like I don't know rather than saying redemption. But like overall, I was just – it was basically uh, an hour and 45 minute long chase scene and um, there was a double necked guitar that shot fire and I was just like thrilled about it. There was no – like <laughs> there was – the amount of time between me saying what the fuck when I saw the double neck guitar that shot fire and me just – cheering on that guitar was like about a second like mm, gotcha. I, I, I I don't know I was so it I think with just how spare it was it managed to just everything was just right there on it was right there on the surface for you and so I just accepted everything that it threw at me. I was just like, yeah, like, like give me more of this guitar shooting flames. And, um, mm -hmm. and the, the, I was totally 
uh, deeply affected by the romance between um, uh, the, the 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 boy from the boy from About a Boy and uh, Ginger Spice from the Spice Girls. Um, <laughs> was that I, who that was? No, but it's <laughs> like she looked really young. Yeah, yeah weirdly, just, Ginger Spice is like no, fifty. Ginger Spice and the Spice Girls played one of the leathery old women. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, George Miller saw her some at some event and was like, "I got to make another Mad Max." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Whole thing now, built around what she now looks that like right now. Jerry Halliwell has aged. Why do I know her full name? Because <laughs> you're fucking obsessed because you think, love them. I think she she was dead. Like, like when asked who's the foxiest Spice Girl when the Spice Girls were popular, my my response definitely would have been Jerry Hallowell. But uh, <laughs> was it was it in uh, Kimmy Schmidt where she's where somebody said why wasn't there a spicy spice? And they said, check yourself. Rihanna's spicy spice. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably Kimmy Schmidt. I can't verify, but it sounds a lot like a line from that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I just went with everything and, and, and I, yeah. I found that that romance, uh, was so affecting to me having, you know, the amount of on screen, time that they have together probably amounts to about you know two minutes or something right and uh the the week previous i had seen um furious seven in the theater ah. and uh really enjoyed it for for a bunch of different reasons um but also you know thought it was really ridiculous for a bunch of different reasons and uh coming out of Mad Max, Rebecca said to me, the Fast and Furious franchise needed seven movies to build up their characters, and I still don't care. Like, <laughs> I, I probably spent, I probably spent a total of three hours watching uh, a character um, trying to remember the memories they'd lost in their amnesia during that entire series, and, uh, it still didn't affect me nearly as much as the, you know, minute and a half of screen time that Nicholas Holt gets in, uh, in Mad Max. It was it just, just it, yeah, knew, it knew what to do with how little it had, I guess, and that's what I liked hmm. about it. Huh? Huh? Yeah, maybe, maybe in a world of summer blockbusters where there's so many rules to remember and so much. Like, well, we can't just do that simplistic level of world building because that's something someone's already done. So we have to twist it in some way or add another tier to it. In a world where that's the norm, people feel really excited for a movie that doesn't have to do all that and is very straightforward and tells a visual – like, it, it was really good at visual st storytelling. Like, we understood what was going on a lot of the time without really knowing all the details of it. Mm -hmm. Um and and probably the details weren't there weren't like it's such a like the um the uh like like because of the setting you kind of get the sense that the there aren't very many details like everything was done in such broad strokes 
internal to that universe. Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't just pour water. He has a a shit ton of slaves turn this giant thing that lifts this huge wall so that waterfalls can rush down. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, everything's just, like, huge and over the top and, like, kind of, like... Duplo blocks kind of like smashing mm-hmm. together that people were that that there's the exact so it's like some sweet spot amount is left up to the imagination mm-hmm. yeah definitely um, although I would like some more backstory on that sweet flame shooting guitar <laughs> yeah, I hope uh, the next Mad Max is just about that guitar <laughs> yeah so the opening so when we were talking about like stuff that's real now that we when we were younger it's it seems like something we would have wished happened and then once it actually does happen we kind of don't know what to do with ourselves yeah (laughs) i i think i was thinking about that i was listening to an old episode of um stop podcasting yourself and they were talking about a reality show. They were comparing and contrasting uh, the um, – who's the mumbly guy who ate bats? The Ozzy Osbourne family uh, reality show. They were comparing and contrasting it with <laughs> – Who's the mumbly guy who ate bats? My dad? <laughs> <laughs> the guy who lived in the woods that our parents told us to stay away from? <laughs> uh, no, this guy's a multimillionaire. Uh, oh. <laughs> My dad? <laughs> um, and then they're comparing and contrasting it with something kind of similar, and I can't remember what it was, but it was like the guy from some other band who's kind of crazy. It was like It was like Rob Zombie-esque. Uh, and if he had his own reality show, and he really did at the time they were talking about this, but oh, it wasn't weird. Rob Zombie. It was somebody Rob Zombie-esque. Hmm. And uh, they were s- rolling their eyes at it and generally saying how obviously pre-fabricated um, like, it all is and how like clearly some pre- – like they were like they go to a – Store and they want to buy some some like some article of clothing, and the person is like, "I'm sorry, we don't have that." And they had already seen that it was available on the website, and so it creates this drama for this stupid fucking reality show. And mm-hmm. they were complaining that it was like obviously a guy from Central Casting was working at the this Gap or whatever it was, and so clearly the whole thing was prearranged. Um, but and they were annoyed by all that, and they were annoyed that this show existed and like it just seemed like a very like obvious line to take on this thing Mm -hmm. and i was like but these are the same comedians that love ridiculous shit Mm -hmm. and it's like it's weird to think that like 10 years ago they would have said wouldn't it be amazing if ozzy osbourne and his family had a reality show like that would be a joke right and then once it becomes the norm you're kind of like, oh, well, that's not fantastic anymore. It's just a thing that exists, and now I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, that 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 was a lot better when it was in my head. Right, and I, I fight against that. Like, I want to be like, no, be g- glad. Like, okay, that's fine. Like, it's made by some company, and you should mistrust that company. Like, whatever the man hands us, we should roll our eyes out a little bit. But... 
isn't it awesome that the man has finally caught up to our ridiculous sense of humor and is making crazy fucking shit? Like, yeah. The thing that I really wrestled with that like triggered all this thinking was um, that Kung Fury uh, short film. Did you hear about this or no. see this? It was. I feel like you might have seen the trailer on YouTube because it was a Kickstarter that went viral. The trailer went viral, and it, it's this like Finnish. Or Scandinavian, I don't know the difference. Um, <laughs> like students or young people, and they've used like extensive CG and extensive green screening to make like this crazy action movie, and it's only half an hour long, but mm-hmm. it's like every 80s stereotype like turned to 11. Mm-hmm. So, like, the beginning is like this like cyberpunk dark future in like Detroit or something, and this like cop drives up and there's like these three punks and the cops like you got to get out of here and the punk like drops his skateboard and slides it underneath the cop car halfway and then steps on the edge and it flips the cop car into ah! the air <laughs> and then they all like other three punks pull out like AK47s and shoot the cop car <laughs> in midair and it explodes <laughs> And so, like, that is the... It's, like, a half an hour of that. And, like, like eventually, like, the main character, like, does kung fu crazy fast. And he has this, like, nerdy computer hacker friend use the computer to send him back in time. And, uh-huh. like, so eventually it's, like, him riding a dinosaur and fighting Hitler with a gun. Like, it's every crazy fucking idea. It's okay. basically as... I, I heard somebody call it a live-action Adult Swim cartoon. Okay. And... Um, I did not hear about this. this oh, sounds okay. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, watch the watch the trailer or watch the movie. It's all it's all available. Um, and it's and I can't figure out why I'm a little bit annoyed at the whole thing. Like mm. I'm fighting against that and going, no, no, no. You should love this. It's everything you've always wanted. It's everything you and your friends sat around drinking beer saying should be a movie. And it's finally a movie. And the mere fact that somebody else came up with it or something. So the fact that it's been presented to you or provided to you makes you go, yeah, yeah, of course you did that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I felt I felt that exact way. I mean, and you mentioned Adult Swim, so I felt that exact way about uh, Too Many Cooks. Oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it, uh, you've seen Too Many Cooks, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um. Uh. The. Yeah. Just it. It. It just seemed. So like. So much. Yeah. So much like something I would. Uh, wish happened, and then. It happened. It's like, oh, well, like, that's, I, I don't know. It's, yeah. All right, guys. Like, a little over the top. This is a little, a little, like, you're flexing your adult swim muscles. And, and it is a lot less fun than if I were doing it with my real cool imagination. <laughs> the real fun. Yeah. The real adult swim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the uh, camp counselor that's trying so hard to relate to kids. <laughs> you kids like adult swim? And their kids are all walking away and they're like, yeah, and turn back around. <laughs> well, I got some adult swim for you right here. Oh, really? Yeah, we're going to go to the real adult swim in our minds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on, guys. You ever take... You ever smoke crystal meth? <laughs> Let's 
smoke some. I got something to get you so high. I mean, way higher. Imagination. <laughs> Singing songs around a campfire. <laughs> That's the real crystal meth right there. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I just want to fight against that in my own mind, in my own crystal meth, because uh, I feel like I don't. I guess I don't just want to assume that just because people got in places of authority that they can produce this art and distribute this art that they're necessarily now squares who are missing the point and are just trying to capitalize on what they know is in. Yeah. Like, maybe to some extent that's true, but one, it's like Jurassic World, like, well, but at least they still did it. Like, maybe it's a bunch of, like, it's four, you know, it's like layers and layers of studio people all saying, well, it has to have this and it has to have this. But at least somebody was, had the voice of reason saying, but it should have a theme or it should have, it should be able to comment on the summer blockbuster itself. And that person wasn't shouted down enough. Other voices were like, yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea. Let's put that in there. Um, or like, um, you know, that, that, that we, so either like, well, they like, I either it's, it's okay that they, um, they are faking it because at least they're still making it <laughs> mm-hmm. or I, maybe they are like, if we had gone down the path of like trying really hard to like get into like writing and directing and producing and they're just trying to make what they would love to see. And right, right. Exactly. I think we, this goes back to the, like, I feel like, I feel like I, I, I always either think about, the same four things or maybe we only talk about the same four things on this podcast <laughs> but I feel, like, I feel like we may have touched on this but the the thing is, is yeah people who are into seeing the kind of things that we'd want to see are now at the age where they control the media like, right. like, like people people our age now control the content side at least mm-hmm. of the media or people from our generation in general so it makes sense that we're seeing all of these things that are like things that we might have thought up and then we think ah like oh i i, I could have done it better because i know i i'm i'm the expert on that right but, well i wonder if like some inherent part of it is it's always been in response to the boring stuff we were seeing and like they'd never do this and mm-hmm. that was like actually the basic structure of the idea like that's the foundation upon which you build the rest of the idea and so as soon as that's not true anymore that actually no they would do this because they are now the people you used to hang out with Mm -hmm. um it's sort of like it's like topsy-turvy and i guess i want to assume that's the case and i want to assume that i'm good enough of a person to be able to to adjust because then it's me i'm the one who's close-minded about this And so I want to be like, no, 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 like the foundation is different, but the idea upon which you built it is still legitimate. Right. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I feel like I saw like a headline on that someone uh, from a link that someone posted on Facebook a few weeks ago that was about 
uh, Red Man's house. And I don't know if you ever saw the Red Man episode of Cribs. It's a very mm-hmm. classic episode of Cribs. It's it's okay. it, every episode of Cribs is exactly the same. It's like oh, I have this many basketball courts and I have this many classic cars and I have a uh, uh, like a movie theater in my basement and then I open up my fridge and it's like all uh, you know there's bottles lined up of some expensive liquid uh, and <laughs> human blood <laughs> uh, mercury I don't know <laughs> and uh, like what? crude oil, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the 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 one or one of the only ones that wasn't like that was the Red Man episode when uh, and it has just gone down in history as this awesome, open, awesome episode of Cribs because he lived in this shitty house and <laughs> uh, and it had a mattress on the floor, like it was just some <laughs> shitty tract house in Long Island. And, um, it's amazing. And yeah, it was great. It was dirty. And, uh, <laughs> and at the end of Cribs, the, it's, but Cribs is filmed in this really stupid way where it's like you're looking at it from the perspective of the camera, obviously, but the camera's following the person around. And then the person at the end says, like, hey, get out of here. And the camera, like, backs up, uh, back out the door, like, you've been following me around my house. Now you got to leave me alone. But, right. uh, and Red Man was like, oh, if you ever want to visit me again, uh, you can't ring the doorbell because the doorbell doesn't work. But if you touch these two wires together, <laughs> and it was it was so dope. And I saw this headline a while ago. It's like we visited Red Man 15 years later or something. I was like, no, like keep that that beautiful, beautiful episode of Cribs pristine in my mind. I don't want to know how Red Man is doing anymore. Like, I just want to, I, I, I just want to crystallize that vision of Red Man's mattress on the floor and have that for myself. Like, I was like, ah, oh, you ruined it. Interesting. Interesting. Like it, it's like, it's not just snobbiness that makes you say, the popularity of something kind of ruins it. It's actually this, like, there's a pristine, untouched quality to the fact that you only knew, you only saw one little bit of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, huh, that's interesting. Like, it's kind of similar to how Onion articles sometimes are way lamer than the headlines. Oh, yeah. It's pretty much over by the time you're finished with the headline. <laughs> Sometimes I have to know. I'm like, I bet you they have like three sub-jokes to this joke, like by necessity, that yeah. are going to be good. So like I, I'll, I'll sometimes, occasionally – or there's ones that I'm like, what do they mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> the headline's just a little confusing. And so I'll read the article and I'll be like, oh, OK. That explained the joke way better. Now the article is – the headline's funnier or whatever. But yeah, yeah you're right. For the most part, it's it's a hilarious concept, and you're like, "That's awesome," and then you just move on. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, you're right. There, there are certainly really, really funny articles, but I always like the ones that say that that are uh, uh, just a picture or just a paragraph. I think that that's about as far as it. the the onion. The longer uh, feature articles usually, uh, the joke will get tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It'll tire yeah. tire itself out. <laughs> and so, like in a way, 
like the fact that they did a half hour of Kung Fury instead of the minute and a half. Maybe I've you know honestly. So I said all this stuff about Kung Fury. I've only seen the trailer. I haven't watched the full half hour, so I don't know. But um, it is free to watch online, and I plan to. But I wonder if it'll be like like reading the article. Like I, it was the concept was way funnier than the than than the execution ever possibly could be. I can't I can't understand how it would be anything but that. I think you're totally right. The the yeah the concept is always what you imagine happening is always going to be funnier than than what it is that's interesting that, so it's <laughs> that sounds that sounds awful to say out loud i guess i guess i'm saying that like like man i'm way better than it like i can think of way better <laughs> stuff than anyone ever could but uh uh it's not no, quite I, what i mean but i don't i don't think i think it's that phenomenon about um it's that thing where like Jaws pulling the woman underneath the water and not showing what was happening is yeah. way scarier than if you saw it. And it's not that what we imagine is scarier. It's that you immediately assume what's happening is way scarier than you could imagine. Mm-hmm. It's that like little child extreme emotion. It's like it, whatever's around the corner is so fucking crazy that you can't possibly Im- imagine yeah and then when you therefore when you turn around the corner it's it has to be a disappointment because it is a real thing Mm -hmm. rather than this like infinity pre-imagination thing yeah um so it's yeah it's not that like oh now that the too many cooks guys finally made their thing that it's like man whatever i would have made would have been way better it's more like not quite knowing where that would go was more delightful yeah yeah exactly so, and i don't know like again i yeah, for whatever reason like i want to kind of go well but maybe this is what growing up is is like finally seeing the thing and being like well good they finally made the thing <laughs> yeah yeah exactly no that's true that's not i mean i mean yeah at least at least the people in charge of some of the things being made are people with our sensibility at least you know mm-hmm. at least that happened so we should well be and going back to mad max before the title came up i want to say like the whole early sequence where he gets captured mm-hmm. and then escapes and then gets captured again the whole time i kept being like you could stop the movie right here like, I wish the movie would stop so that I could turn to the people I'm seeing it with and go, this is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there were so many moments of, like, I, where I wanted to go, that's so metal. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the movie wouldn't let you. It just kept going. And <laughs> it was sort of frustrating almost in a way. I was like, it, it almost makes you numb. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, Man, I was sitting right near a guy in Jurassic Park who was hooting and hollering throughout the whole thing and I thought I thought it was great. I wasn't I wasn't mad at all that That's he was, awesome. that he was getting so excited and yeah. and and clapping and cheering whenever a, a dinosaur bit a thing. <laughs> yeah. There was a guy next to me who jumped at every time you're so you were supposed to jump and I didn't jump at all, but not cuz I'm like above it, but for whatever reason it just didn't get me. But this it got this guy every time and I was like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was and definitely- also like it did you know the beginning on IMAX where it's like um when it's like 
eight, seven, yeah. six, and like you always get that like vertigo feeling. Like yeah. it's like the it's the first time you're seeing a 3D movie since you know two weeks ago when you saw the other one or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so you're like, you ha- your brain has to adjust. Like, this is what it's going to be like, guys. It's going to be kind of crazy. And like the first few times I ever saw that, I was like, am I going to fucking puke? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, but like when it was over, I was like, yeah, I always forgot. That's like, that intro is so much fun. And the guy next to me goes, <laughs> like, <laughs> like he made it. <laughs> And I was like, this guy doesn't see movies. <laughs> well, but he's also got a whole movie to get through after that. Like, that's why it's crazy. He's preparing himself. Yeah. He's like, I hope the movie's not as scary as those numbers were. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the entire um, movie is a credit sequence for the number. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I feel like I was a little disappointed in going back to Jurassic World, like thinking back to the first movie, Jurassic Park, when they are running around in the visitor center near the end and like they climb up into the ducts and like at one point the raptor like sticks its head up and they have to like climb over the grate and like they have to kick it and it falls down and then mm-hmm. Lex falls and they and there's a shot looking down and they pull her up and the meanwhile the raptor has fallen to the ground and is like getting to its feet and they pull her up exactly as it leaps up and like its gnashing teeth comes right at the camera mm-hmm. just as her foot moves out of the way that like even as an adult totally gets me. It makes me just want to be like, I gotta run around now, because that was so intense. Um, There was nothing quite like that in Jurassic World. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't want to get too heavily into specifics, but there were only about seven or eight things in the movie where I thought, like, the 3D was really useful. Mm. Um, And, uh, which I guess is good, because if it was all made to be useful in 3D, then it's super boring to watch in 2D. Like, that's what I always think about. That's why I don't really like 3D, is because if you watch something that was made for 3D in 2D, which I tend to to like doing, I don't really like 3D that much, Mm. Uh, but if you like, I figured with Jurassic World like, go big or go home. But but then it just becomes boring, like, when something is jumping out at you, like, oh, I guess that was supposed to look cool in 3D. But... uh, (laughs) But there was the part when they jumped off the waterfall, when the two kids jumped off the waterfall, and the and the and the and the and the, the dinosaur like bit at thing, the camera, like, bit at the camera, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god!" Like it's it's coming yeah. right at me. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> and I yelled that in the theater. Everyone was like, "We know." I was really embarrassed. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's so nice that she takes that developmentally disabled man out for movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, the yeah, that was like I agree. That was the moment that stuck out in my mind as being like that, and I think it almost set up the like comparison in my brain where I was like, even that though didn't quite get to where that like kind of like. I don't know. Like, the raptors are so perfect as a villain because they're not as big. Like, the T-Rex was always the big scary thing. And now here's something that's not scary because it's big. It's scary because it's just so fucking intense and crazy. Yeah. And so, like, it had that, like, like um, 
subconscious fear of beast teeth beasts <laughs> coming at you that like made <laughs> I am not <laughs> the working expert. title working title for Jurassic Park teeth beasts yes <laughs> yeah uh did you hear that theory that uh Chris Pratt was the grown-up of the kid who uh, Ian Grant scared the shit out of in the beginning of the first movie. Oh, man. I think... Oh, man. Awesome. <laughs> Looks more like a giant turkey to me. Yeah. yeah he's and like, that young man grew up to be Chris Yeah, Pratt. exactly. He's like training velociraptors or whatever. I was like, oh, I fucking oh, hope that's man. true. Totally hope that's true. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Why did that? Why did he, he tried to scare that little boy in that movie <laughs> like so badly? But that, that it was just an extinct thing he was talking. Like I don't know why that little boy would have been scared at all. That's the problem that I had with that opening scene of Jurassic Park. Huh, huh. I can, I can see that. <laughs> I think it's just the idea that it could have existed is what got him. He, kids are easy to scare. Kids are yeah. real dumb. Yeah, kids are real dumb. That's true. <laughs> That's the moral of that scene. <laughs> I didn't mind the kids in Jurassic World. I thought they were. I thought they were pretty good. Uh, yeah. I thought. I thought Bryce Dallas Howard was no Laura Dern, but then again, who is? Sure. Sure. I thought the closest to Laura Dern was the uh, cute uh, control panel lady. Oh, uh, from Orange is the New Black. Yeah, yeah, her. Yeah. <laughs> I was really excited about her. I was like, yay, she's getting like four lines. This is very exciting for her career. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's a big deal. <laughs> she also was in the Key and Peel, where she is from the uh, Ch- uh, One Wish Foundation, and there's the sick kid in the hospital. And she's like, what's your one wish? And he's like, super creepy. And he's like, he's like, I want to take all the bones of everyone who's died in this hospital and build a giant, like, building out of it. <laughs> she's like, you're horrible. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, every, all of his wishes are really terrifying. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. And the best, the best part was where he, like, he, he, like, says something that really creepy that like really like freaks everyone out and then he goes ah and he dies and it goes Tee! and he goes just kidding <laughs> he sits back up <laughs> and they're like ah and he goes no but seriously I'm dead and he goes ah <laughs> he falls dead again and then the skit ends I lost my shit I thought it was super funny <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah she disappeared why did she leave she wasn't did you watch Orange is the New Black season 3 no Oh, I fucking she... mainlined it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, uh, I'll. I. I plan on doing so. Hopefully, starting this weekend. Um, mm. But uh, I heard it um, eased up a lot on the darkness um, and was a lot funnier and brighter. I can see that. That's the there's season. thematically there's still a lot of like, oh, like oh, that's no good. Like like genuine threats. But uh-huh. yeah, it's much less like inmates who are going to fucking murder you and much more like the this larger you know like thing could happen and whatever yeah you get it I indominus get it. rex might show up <laughs> exactly <laughs> so like that was the big thing like people were saying like oh chris pratt's character was like Phew, indominus rex and sh- and she was like 
we had to come up with some name for it. And so people were like, see, even the movie's making fun of the fact that the name of the dinosaur is dorky. But I was sort of like, I'm not convinced of that. I just thought Chris Pratt had to roll his eyes because that's his character. Mm. And... I don't know. Like, I feel like that was the perfect way for the movie to have its cake and eat it, too. The hero, who we all trust, kind of goes, oh, you guys and your in crazy inventions. But the movie is still like, but look, we made this crazy invention and it's fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Oh, speaking of horrible names for things, I rewatched or I rewatched the first 45 minutes of before I fell asleep because it was <laughs> terrible. Uh... <laughs> Avatar, and Avatar oh. was terrible. <laughs> I've never seen Avatar, oh. probably because it was terrible. <laughs> it has an element in it. The element that, that they're all after is called unobtainium, and <laughs> they seriously never even mention that it's a. There's no. There's no Chris Pratt rolling his eyes at that one. Mm, it's right. just it's just called unobtainium, and it's awesome. Um, <laughs> once, uh, once, when Rebecca was a nanny, uh, there was that she was out at the she was out at the waterfront of the um or, uh, a beach that is on the uh, uh, Lake Washington, and a little boy was there with his mom or nanny or something, and he threw his all his toy cars or something into the lake like really far away and his mom was like why did you do that and he just looked at her he's like because it's awesome <laughs> and, <laughs> and i imagine that's, that's what answer. that's what james cameron is saying with avatar <laughs> why did you name it that because it's awesome <laughs> yeah well yeah i think that that was what was so exciting to people about guardians of the galaxy was that like like, oh, we figured out how to have a character in the crazy magical world of nonsense go, are you seeing this, folks? <laughs> <laughs> and so then we can have we can have the crazy, wonderful magic shit and yet still go, we know that it's silly, but come on, guys, shut up and have a good time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just imagine for some reason there was a great callback in uh, in in Jurassic World of the Mr. DNA character. Yeah, that's right. And just imagine during the climax of the movie if the Mr. DNA character would have come back and been like, are you seeing this, folks? <laughs> <laughs> like, in the forefront of the screen. Yeah, it's like exactly. breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah. He's like <laughs> trying to make like dinosaur puns. Like, I hope your Velasa raptured by the action. <laughs> Like what? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Enraptured. You wouldn't be raptured. That's where you die and go to heaven. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, there was a crazy dino on dino fight in the end of that movie, and I kinda went, I'm bored. <laughs> really? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I was really excited that the kid was like, we need more teeth. And then she was like, uh, she would, she did it and she got more teeth. And, um, uh, and I was really excited by that. But then there's this moment where the two dinosaurs look at each other and go, 
hey, bud, we're not enemies anymore. <laughs> we work together this time. Yeah. And I was like, the dinosaurs do not work that way. <laughs> like, like no. they're, they're lizards or birds, whatever the fuck they are. They're not dogs. They don't go, you and I are going to set aside our differences. And that was, and yeah, and I guess that is even more hit home by the fact that that was one of the main points of the movie. That that doesn't happen. Well, that was what Chris <laughs> right, Pratt was right. trying to prove the entire movie is that is that you can't control these animals. They're animals. Right. And then at the end, they were like, at the end, basically the Velociraptor looked at the camera and winked and a little, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he ran off. I mean, ran off, yeah. uh, the first one, the first Jurassic Park, it was so awesome that. They were about to get murdered by these velociraptors, and then in comes the T-Rex and saves their lives. Mm-hmm. But that kind of made internal logical sense because the dinosaurs would fight each other, and the humans are just little like monkeys on the side to the dinosaurs. Right. Um, and so it was sort of like kind of Deus Ex Machina, but it kind of made some in, like logical sense because it was like we sure were going to get burnt by that forest fire. Luckily, that earthquake put it out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know? But the, this seemed way more like, but then the forest fire and the earthquake said, you know what? You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I really hope there's a natural disaster movie that, that does the same thing. <laughs> that must be what, how uh, San Andreas ends. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was how Knowing starring Nicolas Cage ended. <laughs> Last episode, we made a reference to Deja Vu starring Nicolas Cage. Wait, no, th- you're racist. That's starring... Deja <laughs> 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 Vu is, is starring Denzel, isn't it? No, you're right. Fuck, you're right. I confused Deja Vu with Next. Next has Nicolas Cage. Okay, knowing Next... Oh. Deja vu. These are all these are all similar movies. <laughs> um, well, that's probably we should probably wrap it up. I'd say. So let's see, uh, listeners. If you, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, seven-hour podcast uh, that will probably be edited down to like a clean one fifteen if I can do it. Um, so I want to uh, this. I guess you could say this is sort of like a an upshot type ending, just because I want to recommend an artist's work. But it's also a really good closing thought. Uh, let's see. At the Patanoiac, P A T A N O I A C, did a series of tweets uh, called "Forbidden Chess Pieces." I want to read you a few of them as our closing thought. So these are some chess pieces that are forbidden. You should never use them. There's the prophet, who is aware of the hands which move the pieces. There is the crows, placed on the board after the final turn. There is uh, the pyramid, stationary, indifferent, and silent. And there is... uh, Uh... Uh, the spy whose true color is not known until made to bleed. <laughs> All right, uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good pod. <laughs>